Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, everyone. This is Minister McMillan. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being with us today, watching over us and guiding us. And thank you, Lord, for this word that we are about to read. We ask, Lord, that you inspire us in this word. And help us understand all that's before us. We ask, Almighty God, that each and every one of us also be a help, a beacon to someone else, Lord, in need. Who might need us, Father, to help them also to understand what is before them, Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you, Father. Thank you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, today we're going to pick up again in Samuel chapter 16. Now, we've read ye uh, yesterday that Saul was um, rejected by God um, because he did not listen and follow his command. So uh, now the Lord is uh, informing Samuel uh, about this and, well, let's see who the Lord chooses, okay? Um, chapter 16, first verse. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jess of Bethlehem. Of Bethlehem. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, and I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? Saul will hear about it and kill me. The Lord said, Take a, hef a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me, the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said, and when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elder of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? And Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel said, He lived and thought. Uh, Samuel saw Eleb and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before, before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. 
Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Uh, then Jesse called Abinad, Abinad and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shema pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are, there, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent and had him brought in. He was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of all and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. And Samuel then went to Ramoth. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's attendants said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here to search for someone who can play the harp. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes upon you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendant, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse at Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior, and he speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. And then Saul sent messages to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded and bred a skin of wine and a young goat and sent them with his son David to Saul. David came to Saul and entered his service, and Saul liked him very much. And David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in the service, for I am pleasing with him. Then relief would come to Saul, and he would feel better, and the evil spirit would leave him. Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sukkoth in Judah. And they pitched a camp at Ephades Demen between Sukkoth and Askah. Saul and the Israelites assembled the camp in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. 
The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. This is uh, chapter 17. We're on uh, verse 4. A champion named Goliath, who was from Goth, came out of the Philistines' camp. He was over nine feet tall, and he had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coarse he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his leg, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slinging on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod. And its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield barrier went ahead of him. Jonathan stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill us, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and service us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' word, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of the Ephanite named Jesse. Ephraimite, who was from Bethlehem in in Judah. And Jesse had eight sons. And in Saul's time, he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The firstborn was Elab, the second Abadab, and the third Shammah. And David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For forty days the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son, uh, said to his son David, Take this ephah. Uh, take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. And take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit and see how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. 
they are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Okay. So they're in the valley fighting against the Philistines. And David still has not uh, come to the point where he is uh, taking the crown. He's been anointed, but he hasn't taken the crown yet. Okay. So, let's see. Uh, Early in the morning, David left the flocks with a sheep and loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. And he reached the camp as the army was going out to its uh, battle position, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, and ran to the battle lines and greeted his brother, his brothers. And as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, stepped out from his line and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. And when the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. Now the Israelites have been saying, Do we see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his, exempt his father's family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God. They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. Hmm. When Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I, now what have I done? said David. Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up 
the same matter. And the men answered him as before. When David said was what David said was overheard and repeated to Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, You are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been fighting men for his youth, from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord will deliver me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Okay. Hmm. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic, and he put on a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off, and then he took his staff at his hand, chose five smooth stones from the, from the stream, and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Hmm. Okay. David has a lot of moxie. As some people say, or guts. Um, all these grown men who are warriors don't want to fight the Philistine, but here this young boy is, he's willing to fight because he knows that his God will be at his hand and will deliver him. All these men are supposed to know the same thing, but they're 
relying on their own power. They're not relying on the power of God. Hmm. Much like a lot of people today rely on their own selves rather than rely on the Lord. Okay. Um, let's continue. He put the pouch. Uh, he, uh, let's see. Put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was a, he, that he was a, only a boy. Rudy and handsome, and he dis and he despised him. He said to David, "Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks?" And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you flesh. I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air, and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistines, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcass of the Philistine army the birds of the air, and and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is God in there is a God in Israel. All those, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. Well spoken, David. Huh. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly towards the battle line to meet him, reaching into his bag and taking out a stone. He slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The, the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. So David trampled over the Philistines with a sling and a stone, without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After killing him, he cut off his head with the sword. 
And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. And then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Goth and to the gates of Elkron. Their dead was strolled along the dead was strolled along the Shaharam road to Goth and Elkron. And when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put the Philistines' weapon in his own tent. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistines, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? And Abner replied, As surely as you live, O king, I don't know. The king said, Find out whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. And David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of, of Bethlehem. Chapter 18. After David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in. Uh, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return to his father's house. And Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword his, his bow, and his belt. Whatever Saul sent him to do, David did it so successfully that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the people and Saul officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul and singing and dancing with joyful songs and with, and with tambourines and lures. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This uh, refrain gallied, gallied him. And they have uh, credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only a thousand. What more can he get 
but the kingdom. And from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forth upon Saul, and he was prophesying in his house. While David was playing the harp, as he usually did, Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had left Saul. So he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. And David led the troops in, in their campaigns. And everything he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. And when Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David because he led them in their campaigns. And Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter, Mirab. I will give her to you in marriage. Only serve me barely. Only serve me bravely and fight the battles of the Lord. For Saul said to, him, to himself, I will not raise a hand against him. Let the Philistines do that. But God said to Saul, Who am I? And what is my family or my father's clan in Israel that I should become the king's son-in-law? So when the time came for Merab, Saul's daughter to be given to David. She was given in marriage to Adrel of Mihala. Now Saul's daughter Michal was in love with David and when they told Saul about it he was pleased. I will give her to him he thought so that she may be a snare to him and so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. So Saul said to David, Now you have second opportunity to become my son-in-law. And then Saul ordered his attendants to speak to David privately and say, Look, the king is pleased with you, and his attendants all like you. Now become his son-in-law. Then Saul ordered his attendants. Speak to David. Oh, okay, we read that. Sorry about that. Uh, they, re uh, they repeated these words to David, but David said, Do you think it is a small matter to become the king's son-in-law? I am only a poor man with a little... Uh, I am only a poor man and little known. And when Saul's servant told him what uh, David had said, Saul replied, Say to David, the king wants no other price for the bride than a 
hundred Philistines foreskins to take revenge on his enemies. Saul, uh, Saul's plan was to have David fall by the hands of the Philistines. Hmm. Okay. Uh, when the attendants told David these things, he was pleased to become the king's son-in-law. So, before the allot time elapsed, David and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines. He brought their foreskins and presented the full number to the king so that he might become king's son-in-law. Then Saul gave him his daughter, Mitko, in marriage. Okay. Uh, when Saul uh, when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and that his daughter Michael loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him, and he re remained and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. The uh, Philistine commander continued to go out to battle, and as often they did. Uh, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers, and his name became well known. Uh, chapter 19. Now Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan was very fond of David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning and go into hiding. And stay there, and I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what to find what I found out. Now Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done... Uh, has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistines, and the Lord won a great victory for all Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took his took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and told him the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul, and David was with Saul as before. 
Once more, war broke out, and David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck them with such force that they flee before him. But an evil spirit from the Lord came upon Saul, and he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand. While David was playing the harp, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with the spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good his escape. Saul went uh, Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. But Mitchell, David's wife, warned him, If you don't run for your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. So Mitchell let David down through a window, and he fled and escaped. Then Mitchell took an idol and laid it on the bed, covering it with a garment, and putting some goat's hair at the head. When Saul sent the man to capture David, Mishkel said, He is ill. Then Saul sent the men back to see David and told them, Bring him up to me in his bed so that I may kill him. But when the men entered, there was the idol in the bed, and at the head was some goat's hair. Saul said to Mitchell, Why did you deceive me like this and send my enemy away so that he escaped? Mitchell told him, He said to me, Let me get away. Why should I kill you? When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel at Ramoth, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And then he and Samuel went to Najoth and stayed there. Word came to Saul, David is in Naioth at Ramoth. So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel standing there, as their leader, the Spirit of God came upon Saul's men, and they also prophesied. And Saul was told about it, and he sent more men, and they prophesied too. And Saul sent men a third time, and they also prophesied. Finally, he himself left for Ramoth and went to the great cistern at Siku. And he asked, Where? are Saul and Samuel and David. Over in Naroth at Ramoth, they said. So Saul went to Naroth at Ramoth, but the Spirit of God came upon him, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naroth. He stripped off his robe and also prophesied in Samuel's presence. He laid he laid that way all that day and night. This is why people say it's all also among the prophets. Chapter 20. Then David fled from Naoth at Remeth and went to Jonathan and asked, What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to take my life? 
Never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything great or small without confiding in me. Why would he hide from hide this from me? It is not so. So David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, whatsoever you want me to do, I'll do for you. So David said, look, tomorrow is the new moon festival, and I am supposed to dine with the king. But let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell, tell him David earnestly asks my permission to hurry to Bethlehem. Uh, his hometown because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said. If I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, who will tell me if my father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said. Let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, Israel, I will surely okay. I will surely sound uh, out my father by this time, uh, this time, the day after tomorrow. If he is favorable, disposed towards you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father is inclined to harm you, may the Lord deal with me. But it's ever so severely. If I do not let you know and send you away safely, may the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness like that of the Lord as long as I live so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account. And Jonathan had David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself.
And then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon festival, and you will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, towards evening, go to the place where you hide. And when this trouble began, and wait by the stone Ezel, and I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go find the arrows. If I say to him, if I uh, say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here. Then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe. There is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discuss, remember, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon festival came, the king sat down to eat, and he sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan. And Abner sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. And then Saul said to his son, Jonathan, why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal either yesterday or today? And Jonathan answered, David equally asked me for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said, let me go because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me get away to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan and he said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman. Don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother who bore you? As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in furious anger on the second day of the month. He did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. And in the morning, morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David, and he had a small boy with him. And he said to the boy, run and find the arrows I shot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. 
When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out to him, Isn't the arrow beyond you? And then he shouted, Harry, go quickly. Don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing of all this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. <clears throat> then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. <clears throat> Chapter 21 <clears throat> David went to Nob, to Amalek, the priest, and Amalek trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? And David answered Amalek, the priest, The king charged me with a certain matter and said to me, No one is to know anything about your mission and your matter, and said to me, No one is to know anything about your mission and your in." and your instructions. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here. Provide the men, providing the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as usual, whatever I have set out. The men's things are holy, even on missions that are not holy. However, more so today. So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the of the presence that had been removed from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord, and he was Deoc the Edomite, Saul's head shepherd. And David asked Amalek, Don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't bought my sword or, or any other weapon because the king's business was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in the cloth behind the infra. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. 
So David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Goth. But the servant of uh, Achish said to him, isn't this David the king? Uh, isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul had slain his thousands and David his ten thousand. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Goth. So he pretended to be insane in their presence and with and while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gates and letting saliva run down his beard. And Ashkenaz said to his servants, look at this man. He is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of madman that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? Chapter 22. David left Goth and escaped to the caves of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. From there, David went to Mishpah, to Moab, and said to the king of Moab, Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the stronghold. But the prophet Gad said to David, Do not stay in the stronghold. Go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Heroth. Now Saul heard that David and his uh, men had been discovered, and Saul's spear in hand was seated under the tamarisk tree. Tamarisk tree on the hill of Gibeath, with all his officials standing around him. And Saul said to him, Listen, men of, uh, uh, men of Benjamin, uh, will the son of Jesse give all of you fields and vineyards? Will he make all of you commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds? Is that why you have all conspired against me? No one tells me when my son makes a covenant with the son of Jesse. None of you is concerned about me or tells me that my son has incited my servants to lie and wait for me as he did, does today. But Dagoth the Edomite, who was standing with Saul's officials, said, I saw the son of Jesse come to Amalek, the son of Ahitub at Nob. Amalek inquired of the Lord for him, and he gave him provisions and the sword of 
Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent for the priest Amalek, son of Ahitab, and his father's whole family, who were the priests of Nob, and they all came to the king. Saul said, Listen now, son of Ahitab. Yes, my lord, he answered. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me? And the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, so that his rebellion against me and lies in wait for me as he does today. Amalek answered the king, Who of all your servants is as loyal as David? the king's son-in-law, captain of the bodyguard, and highly respected in your household. Was the day the first time I required of God for him? Of course not. Let not the king accuse your servant of any of his father's family, for your servant knows nothing at all about the whole affair. But the king said, You will surely die, Amalek, you and your father's whole family. Then the king ordered the guards at his side, Turn and kill the priest of the Lord, because they, they too have sided with David. They knew he was fleeing, yet they did not tell me. But the king's officials were not willing to raise a hand to strike the priest of the Lord. The king then ordered Duke, You turn and strike down the priest. So Duke the Edomite turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephrod. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests, with, his, with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cows and donkeys and sheep. But Abitha, a son of Amalek, son of Abihud, escaped and fled to join David, told David that Saul had killed the priest of the Lord. Then David said to Abathah, That day when Doug the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul, I am responsible for the deaths of your father's whole family. Stay with me and don't be afraid. The man who is seeking your life is seeking mine also. You will be safe with me. Okay, everyone, we're going to stop our reading here, and we'll pick up tomorrow at chapter uh, 23 of 1 Solomon. And as you can see, there's a lot of um, lying going on, about a lot of backslapping uh, and uh, distrust, and all this is over jealousy, really. And if you notice, we have the same conditions today. People do this every single day. Has man changed? Not at all. Okay, everyone, this is Minister MacMillan saying you have a blessed evening and good night.